Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trade-ins. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may owe up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required. Control because the GCRN's brand new TV podcast is here. We are calling it Remote Control. I am your host, TFG and Mike, and joining me this time for our second. Uh... Will your child be ready for kindergarten at Chesterbrook Academy Preschool? The answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. The uh, encounter here with this 2012 series is Doug Abel from Doug and My Generation. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. We are back this week. As I said, this is going to be a three-week thing here in February. We're back this week with Dallas, the 2012 series, the continuing sequel series. Uh, season two this time around, uh, to set the stage here, obviously it ran from 2012 to 2014 on TNT, uh, one hour show length, uh, three seasons, 40 episodes. Oh boy, season two. Yeah. Uh, it, it, so last week when we talked about season one, I had mentioned when we were talking about Bobby having cancer. That it was kind of weird that they started out with that, especially with what happened in the future of the show. Oh, yeah. And after the seventh episode of season two, because, and I I don't think they planned this. I honestly don't. Um, And I'm sure all of the staff and all the writers and executives at TNT knew, possibly, uh, I'm sure at least... Patrick Duffy and Linda Gray and his closest friends knew that Larry Hagman was sick, but the fact that he died of cancer in real life. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, that was not something you wanted to hear happen. No, it wasn't something you wanted to hear happen, but it just like for me, you know, because as we said last week, Larry Hagman lived and breathed the essence of J.R. Ewing. Not, and we said it last week, not just in the original show and not just in this new series. I mean, anytime you saw him on the street, I'm sure, in Dallas or wherever he was living at the time, 
you know, L.A., wherever, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm sure people would walk down the street, hey, JR, because you know he wore that hat everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure if they let him get away with it, I'm sure he also was wearing the belt buckle. Oh, God. <laughs> if they let him keep, oh, come on now. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I can just... see that as you say that. I'm like, yeah, oh, God, <laughs> yeah. yes, you're right. <laughs> um, you know, and it just, it when I found out the the real life information of Larry Hagman's passing, it just made season one even more emotional with Bobby getting cancer in season one. You know what I mean? And it just oh, yeah. like, it was really is pretty much a swift kick in the nuts as far as watching television and knowing these characters. Um, so season two, um, <laughs> Basically, it starts off where season one left off, but we also have um, the beginnings of JR's master plan. Yes, and that threw me for a loop. I started seeing, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, he planned this all out. I mean, uh-huh. down to a T. Yep, yep. Uh, jumping on the casting couch here. Uh, we're not going to talk about the main cast too much. We can talk about a bit about the characters if we want, but I mean, it's pretty much the same people for the most part. Yeah. You know, like we mentioned last time, you know, Judith Light is in here as Judith Ryland, um, which is uh, Harris Ryland's mother. What did you? Th- yeah, let's talk. Let's get Judith out of the way first. What did you think of of uh, nice little Angela from Who's the Boss playing this character? Um. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> That's the best way I can put it. The uh, There's an episode, I, th- I think it's season two, where we find out that she is a madam of a, of a whorehouse. <laughs> and she also is getting into Ryland's uh, drug transportation business. And they meet with the drug dealers. And... She takes a big old whiff, and all she says is "Mama like." I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Judith Ryland, as a character played by Judith Light, is probably she really was their answer, but not a answer to, but not a replacement for Jr. Like yeah. I would have if if Larry had hadn't passed away. Oh my God! Can you imagine the storylines they could have created with Jr. and Judith Ryland? Oh, I, I could see. Crap. I, I mean, it would it would no longer be uh, Barnes and Jr. battling back and forth. It would be <laughs> nope, Judith and Jr. battling back uh-huh. and forth. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I mean, and you know, as you said last time, you know, she comes from who's the boss. Uh, Elizabeth, Judge Elizabeth Donnelly from Law, the Law and Order series, several different incarnations of the Law and Order series. And when I saw Judith Light on Law and Order, see, I, I know she was on SVU. I'm sure she's on a couple of the other versions of it as well, depending on the guest starring roles. But, you know, I, I liked her as a, Judge Elizabeth Donnelly. I still like her here as this character, but this is something so completely different. But she was always one of those actresses like, where have I seen her before? I, I've yeah. heard that voice. Bo-. And it's like, 
I, usually when I think of who's the boss, sadly, I don't really think about Angela. I think about Tony, and I think about Sam, his daughter. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that, those are the first two characters that come to mind. The, the uh, Angela, Jonathan's, I think I think, he's, I think the kid's name was Jonathan. Yeah. I'm not looking at anything, but, you know. Um, you know Danny Pintaro, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, yeah, so... But seeing her here and all the stuff she did, oh, man. And the voice that she put on that character, oh, oh. God. It's it's mind-blowingly awesome, people. Because you don't – because she has to – that character has to be, what, in her 60s, 70s? The character, not Judith Light herself. Yeah. Judith Ryland has to be 60s, 70s, maybe – 80s i don't know i could be wrong obviously i could be wrong about that but i mean this is a 67 year old woman who looks amazing and just half the stuff she does is like holy crap i can't believe they just got away with that on cable television yeah but there, there's a reason that this was cable tv obviously because they they had uh there, there was a lot more stuff that was going on not you didn't see any nudity necessarily, but it was it was borderline. Let's call it what it was. It's not, you know, it wasn't Breaking Bad where you had a lot of swearing going on or anything like that. But damn, with what was going on, everybody sleeping around with everybody else. It seemed like, <laughs> you know, I so crazy. Oh yeah, so crazy. So this season, second season begins with. Uh, Rebecca Barnes, or Pamela Rebecca Barnes, um, uh, basically where season one left off, where, um, you know. Yeah, that was not something I saw coming. I mean, when she stands there at the very end of the episode, and it's like, maybe I should call myself by my first name, Pamela. And I was like, yeah. <gasps> uh-huh. what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. And the one thing this show does so well is it mimics and continues. Like, okay, I know everyone was so scattered and so scared. Oh, they're just going to repeat who shot JR or they're just going to repeat Bobby in the shower. And they kind of did, but not. They did it in a way where it was done well and it was updated for today's audience and today's actors playing these different characters now yeah um it you know it was just one of those things and everybody they've done this three times they did it in what was it 1980 was the original who shot jr uh yeah uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i season i think it was 1980 um they did it in 91 and now they're doing it in 2013 so they've gotten three, <laughs> three decades out of the Who Shot JR storyline. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just amazing. And every time it mattered. It didn't matter so much as to who actually shot him, like the reveal of the aftermath, until this series. Like this, because obviously, you know, with Larry's passing. Um, but I mean, this wasn't anything here in, tw- in in the 2012 series that was like, oh, 
JR is going to be dead for a couple of months, or he's going to be dead for a season, and then he's going to come back, and sadly that couldn't be the case. But they really pulled all the emotional heartstrings on this final storyline for who shot JR. Oh, I, well, you know, I mean, just the, the lead up and the very end, when you finally find out, and it's not until that season finale mm-hmm. that you find out who actually shot him. Mm-hmm. And when I found that out, I was like, you know, I don't know that I should necessarily say who did it. No, we'll save that for next week. Yeah. When we talk about season three. Yeah, because I mean, it was, but I mean, to see that and see that bombshell being dropped, it was like, oh, oh shit. It, it was Kristen. <laughs> yeah. It was Judith Light. <laughs> um, but. You know, and and the way they did this series when it was airing is they basically they basically tore us apart here. I mean, they really did because um, the I'm trying to see where was the break. Oh dang, there was no real. I'm trying to see where it is huh? They didn't. Do a see? I thought they did a break in between, like for a month or so. Like sometimes that they sometimes TNT will break up a season. Yeah. Like do a fall a fall portion of a season and a spring. They didn't do that with this one. See, I always thought that they did because when we get to this episode seven, the furious and the fast. Um, this one is basically. And I'm just going to read this from 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 Wikipedia. People, sorry. JR is in Abu Dhabi securing oil leases. Bobby decides to fight Sue Ellen and John Ross to regain control of Ewing Energies with the help of his brother Gary. Rylan and his mother try to force Emma's hand and send her back to England. Elena decides to go into business with Drew. Pamela delays her decision on who she will align herself with until Christopher can test his methane-powered car as he is trying to win a fuel services contract with the city. With the help of former NASCAR driver Ricky Rudd. John Ross's call to JR is interrupted by two gunshots on the other end. Yeah. I swear, I know they have this listed as March 4th and then the next episode, JR's Masterpiece, March 11th. But I swear there was a break after after The Furious and the Fast because it <laughs> this episode pretty much ends with silence. It ends with echoes and sudden, no music, no nothing. You 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 see Jr. pull the the phone away from his ear as someone in heels or someone in boots walks in. You hear two pops. You don't even they're not even really gunshots because I think the gun was muzzled anyway. It, it had to have been because they weren't loud bangs. Um, you hear the two pops and John Ross is like, "Daddy, Daddy, Jr." and the way the the effects and the sound department did this made that episode the most chilling ending of an episode that I have ever seen. They did such a good job with that. I mean, putting all that together and you're just sitting here because I know I was on the edge of my seat. My mom, she watched this. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't see this episode and... Part of it was because I knew that it was leading up. He had just died. You know, they were talking about this. And my mom was going, oh, my God, you know, mm-hmm. J.R. Ewing is dead. And, you know, she's like, Larry Hagman is dead. I Dream of Jeannie is dead. And I'm like, 
well, yeah, mom, it's a shame. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. I mean, everything they did, I wonder how they're going to finish this off. And this is all that she's saying beforehand. Mm-hmm. And then we hear about this, and I'm like, they're going through with the episode. And I thought that, you know, I thought at that point Dallas was done for, that we weren't going to hear anything more because JR is gone. And I kept thinking, how are they going to write around this? They wrote around it all right, and oh, they yeah. did it. Damn good job, because that was the thing everybody was worried about. How is the show going to survive without Larry Hagman? And it really does, because you still have Patrick Duffy and Linda Gray, you know, so, and they bring in all other kinds of old faces. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you just look at the, you look at the episode after The Furious and the Fast, you look at J.R.'s masterpiece. You got, you got Gary there, the other brother. You got... All these other people that Jr. knew, all of his, <laughs> all of the women in his life that mattered at one point or another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sue Ellen starts drinking again because of this, because of Jr. dying. Um, and in this episode, in, in the Jr.'s masterpiece episode, you have the bastard himself show up. It's like, why does everybody look so down? It's a party. Yeah. Uh, gee, I wonder why. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of people usually side with Jr. and the Ewings and not really with the Barneses, but you got to admit, Ken Kerchival as Cliff Barnes, no one can play that character as well as he can. Yeah, he was just, I mean, I... he was an evil son of a bitch. <laughs> he really was. So... After J- after season two, episode eight, Jair's masterpiece, the plot of the season becomes enacting Jair's master plan. Uh, they get the will read, and 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 all this action happens. You have um, you have uh, the explosion on the rig because Drew, Elena's brother got set up by Ryland uh, to plant the explosives. Ryland is working for Cliff. <laughs> Cliff doesn't care that his daughter, his pregnant daughter, is on the rig. Yeah. Like, he, he hesitates for a half a second, and he says, oh, no, for, you know, whatever. So what? Yeah. I, <sighs> it just Cliff Barnes. Ugh. You know, there were times there were times in the original series and, you know, because I've seen a couple episodes where I thought that Cliff Barnes, that I thought J.R. was kind of slimy mm-hmm. and Cliff Barnes with this just he goes over the top. I, I he you know, I'm sorry. He's worse than J.R. ever was at this point well, in my here, mind. Well, here's the difference. You saw throughout all of season one in these first seven episodes of season two. When it comes down to family, Jr. will do anything that he possibly can to protect the family. Cliff is out. Cliff wants to basically keep the feud going. He wants to get what his. He he wants to get back at the Ewings. He and he doesn't. He clearly doesn't care who he uses in the process to get this done. He wants to win at all costs, and it doesn't matter to him. Even if he have to, even if he has to use his own daughter, yeah, and that just kind of sucked that that happened. I... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, 
as um as this season goes on what were your what were your thoughts of the storyline as it went on it, it you know it just kind of kept taking a lot of twists i i enjoyed a lot of it you know it, the start let, let's let's start with that i mean you see a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of things going on with with um Jesus, uh, why can't I remember his name? The, the guy who was doing with the um, methane car. The oh, Christopher. Thank you. I'm like, God damn it! What's his name? I can see his face. This is horrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, everything going on with Christopher, where he's trying to get that car taken off and you know launched off, and he's trying to get everybody interested. And my entire thing when I was watching that at the very beginning was something's going to happen with that car. <laughs> something's going to happen with that car. It's going to blow up on the track. Something's going to happen. And, you know, I mean, I didn't see anything like that, at least up to the episodes that I saw through it. You know, mm-hmm. I have yet to see anything with ep- with uh, season three other than the very first episode of that. So we'll leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, that's for next week. Um, yeah, uh, I, but, mean, I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff that came through that I was just I was I kept thinking, oh, this is going to get this is going to get worse. This is going to get worse. And, and of course, having the $6 million man show up, AKA Lee majors, <laughs> uh, that was a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing that bothered me as well was when Ryland basically hides the fact that, you know, he's got this daughter and Sue Ellen finally goes out to meet the daughter of Ryland and her. And then, yeah, the daughter's like, no, fuck you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Because she's been brainwashed. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, when I first saw that, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So what has she been told? What, what, why? You know, um, and to find all that out and then, you know. <clears throat> that's another thing that happens throughout this, this season is you have the trial of uh, of Anne, uh, Bobby's wife, Annie, and, uh, you know, talking about. Oh, because at one point she shoots Harris. That's why. Yeah. Um, she shot Harris. So you have her on trial and all the stuff comes out about her past. And um, I, I remember that episode because that was the episode where <laughs> Judith Ryland gets up on the stand and basically tells all these lies. And basically the judge kicks her out and disregards everything she she and Ryland have to say. <laughs> it's yeah. so awesome. So hilarious. Um I think this is the season where you also have Christopher looking for his mother again. Weren't they weren't they looking for Pam? Um the adoption stuff and all that. He went to Yeah. Tenzin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So everybody always says, "Oh, well, Christopher's not a real Ewing. He's this, that, and the other thing and everything else." And and uh you know he he's adopted and whatever cuz that was part of the thing they had to get the controlling interest for Ewing Energies um so Cliff couldn't steal it through whatever you know means he was you know through through, through his daughter and whatever else um so you have Christopher who is you know Mr adopted oh i want my mommy kind of thing and whatever else and I like how they played this angle that you look at this series. Bobby has been married to Annie for God knows how long at this point. At least, what, 12, maybe 20, I don't know. He's been married to Anne for a while. Right. 
And I like that they played it out where Pamela didn't show back up. I know every single Dallas fan out there wanted Victoria Principal to return. But honestly, every interview I've ever seen with her, she doesn't care. She wants to move on with her life. She doesn't want to be stuck in, you know, type of cat, you know, as a typecasted role in, you know, this show in this this franchise. I get that. Um, and I like how they played out that, you know, they kept, you know, JR is trying to find her and everybody's trying to find Pam and whatever else. And we finally get the answers that, you know, she did die. She wanted to come back to Dallas, but she just couldn't. And I mean, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a good way to play it out without having the need to bring back Victoria Principal. I know everybody in their right mind wanted to see her in that red convertible but yeah you gotta you gotta let the old storylines go at some point or another and that was one of them where you just had to let it go sure give christopher some sort of closure and then just move on well and i'll tell you that was something that was on my mind when i was seeing uh was it getting the season two or was it at the beginning of season mm-hmm. one when jr is making backroom deals with uh rebecca and we we find out that she's yeah. the one in the car, the, the red car. And I was kind of like, oh, I, you know, I wonder if that's an allusion to it. And, and looking back, now that we know that she is, you know, Pamela Rebecca Barnes, surprise! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of like that touch, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Um You know, and... and as this as the season goes on, you have the playing out of, of JR's master plan. What I love about uh, the um, the JR's master plan where they have the funeral and all that stuff is that opens up with them on the helicopter going to Mexico to claim the body. Yes. They never actually show who or what kind of prop that the prop department used to have under the the gurney, under the black cloth, or, 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 or in the black bag. I'm very happy that they never actually showed JR's body. Well, because... Yeah, and I mean, I'm kind of glad with that as well. It, part of that was because they were scrambling. You know, they were, they were actually scrambling and trying to figure out how they're going to kill him off and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually, what I found out about this was that they had to use footage from a scene that was actually cut where uh, John Ross comes back and tells him that he and um, was it him and Elena that went, yeah, him and Elena when they went to uh, uh, Switzerland and they got married. Mm-hmm. No, or, not, uh, not uh, uh, him and Pamela. Pamela, yeah. excuse me. Well, uh, yeah, well, no, no. Somebody got married. What well, was? Yeah, they... John Ross. John Ross and Pamela got married in Vegas so they can take over the shares. That's right. And, and she was giving him the shares of um, Barnes. Barnes Global. Barnes Global. Yeah. Right. And then later on, he's screwing around with um, with Emma. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, God, what's her name? The blonde, the hot blonde with the ass. <laughs> that's a, that's all Luke, I can remember Luke. her. Lucy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cuz let, let's face it folks, Emma um 
Emma Ryland is basically the 21st century Lucy. She really, really is. Yeah. Um, because Lucy's character, Lucy, who is with Ray Krebs still, um, you know, Lucy has always been that mischievous one in the old series. So that's what Emma, but yeah. Um, oh, you think that's bad? You think it's bad that he's messing around with her? Oh, just wait until season three. That's what I'm afraid to find out. Uh, you know, all, all is I'm going to say is there's some green lingerie. Oh, <laughs> oh you're going to die. You thought, uh, I'm telling you, man, if they were able to keep this show going after season three, we would still be talking about this. But as we've talked about it in the past two weeks, your expectations or your thoughts on what's going to happen are just considerably going to be shattered with, with some certain events that do happen. Um, it's, it's just, just amazing. The show is just amazing. Uh, so yeah, we got, we got, uh, Jr. and Pamela running off, getting married to have the shares. And we've got, um, um, what else here? Uh, We've got the master plan in play. We've got Christopher still trying to work on his methane thing, as well as find his mother. Um, and we, you know, we've got Bobby and and him trying to hold the entire family together. Uh, in the meantime, you have Drew who has disappeared uh, completely off the face of the earth, and you have Elena dealing with that, dealing with her mother and everything else. And I was not expecting this season to end the way it did. <laughs> no, I mean, there was, that was definitely a surprise to me to see some of that, that, that came about, uh, you know, obviously with, with the funeral in play and, mm -hmm. you know, like, like I said, finding out who really shot Jr. Mm -hmm. and the motives for that person shooting Jr. Um, uh, yeah, let's talk master plan. <laughs> this is where you really find out how far down, you know, how far down the rabbit hole that Jr. went in plotting mm -hmm. everything out to make sure that John Ross, you know, got to sit on top. Ah, oh, it, it, yeah. I don't want to say anything more because I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet because this is such a good turning point. It really is. It really is. And what's so interesting about this is how the characters work around everything and, and work well with what's written. And Christopher and John Ross, you know, when, when Bobby was reading or when the will was read and Bobby was given a letter and, you know, that was, that was just heartbreaking. When Bobby, before, you know, when, when he was off by himself reading the letter that J.R. wrote him, Oh yeah, it was. Oh my God, I, I I cried. I mean, hell, I'm I'm almost about to cry now just thinking about it, people. And I'm not even watching the show right now. Um, just heartbreaking. And then the two kids, John Ross and Christopher, want him to tell them what the letter said, and you just kind of like you know, it just goes on from here. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, and, well, he says that it just you know it, it's not the right time yet. It's you know we gotta wait. We gotta you know, do this right and whatever else and just absolutely amazing. What I really enjoyed about this season is we're pretty much done. It's there in the background and it's kind of annoying, 
but we're pretty much done with the whole Vicente thing. The whole character, uh, Carlos Bernard's character from season one, the, the, the guy that was wanting to buy South Fork from JR. Yeah. Um, the, the Venezuelans. Um, we're pretty much done with that. I mean, it's still there in the background a little bit, but, you know, the main focus of this season was JR's master plan, Anne's trial, uh, Christopher following, you know, his mom around the country. Um, and, you know, JR even says several times, you know, I wasn't a fan of the first Pamela Barnes. But, you know, as long as you treat my son right, I'm, you know, I'm happy. And it, it, it's just one of those things where, as I said earlier, he is all about family no matter what. Because he was, a, like, like you said earlier, he was actively looking for the original Pamela to see if he could find her. Obviously, he was out for his own gains, but he was still looking for her. Um, yeah. Season two was action-packed. It was emotional. It was explosive. Um, you know, you have uh, close to the end. I'm, I'm not going to reveal any real spoilers, but you have Elena going to Mexico for some odd reason. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a little strange. Um because Elena is not a character here. She's a character, but she's not a character in this series that you think that she has. Up until season two, they really hadn't flushed her out. She was pretty much kind of arm candy set to the side. She was arm candy when the boys needed her. Yeah. But, you know, she she had her original deal with Sue Ellen for the Henderson land. But... That kind of got pushed to the side, and I mean, it got brought back up um, this season a little bit, but, like, I never saw Elena as really, honestly, having a life other than being with either John Ross or Christopher, and just kind of, you know, but, I mean, she, you know, she really wanted one and wanted to do all this stuff, and she did, but it was it's not till season three where she really becomes a focus of the story, obviously, um, cause that kind of season two kind of ends with her going to Mexico. We find out at the end of season two, who shot JR. We'll talk about that next time. Um, any other thoughts on season two, sir? You know, I, I was just, I, I think that everything that they did, they put it together. Well, they gave nice homage to, Larry Hagman as he lived and died, you know, mm -hmm. and even afterwards, cause I know that they had done a, like a, like a cast get together afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, and TNT had actually aired this, the night of the funeral episode, which I believe was the season finale. Uh, I could be wrong. I, I apologize for that. If, no, the funeral episode was not the season finale. The season finale is when we found out who shot Jr. Oh, you know what I'm thinking? It's them reading the will. That's it. I'm sorry. Okay. That's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, when they when they aired the funeral, it was, you know, the cast actually did sit around and talk about about uh, Larry Hagman and how he was, you know, in life and in death and just everything that he went through and 
you know, going through and his heavy drinking and getting clean. And they, you know, they, they all said that they had their moments with Larry, but damn, they missed him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think about that and I just was, you know, it, it's heartbreaking to think about it. The guy, yeah, he did have his problems. He went through two livers, you know, mm-hmm. but he finally did get himself clean at the end. You know, he, he got himself cleaned up, you know, at least off of alcohol so that he wasn't destroying his liver again. Mm. And just, I, I miss the man, you know, and the, the fact that he's gone, he's not fulfilling his role as J.R. Ewing anymore. I think that's part of why Dallas got, you know, got the ax in, in a sense. It's, you take away the patriarch of the family and just kind of fell, it, it kind of fell apart. I mean, it's, the writing was still there. They still held it on, but without him. I mean. I mean, season three is pretty much without him completely, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, season three, they're still working off the master plan, and they're still working towards an ultimate goal. They take a few different twists and turns and and different moves that we might not have expected if J.R. had still been alive, but it really works because um, they kind of... <laughs> I, I I wish we had like a TV movie to or even a live action film with this cast to really put a period on the series because how season three ends and when it didn't get picked up is just oh my god how how I don't want to sound like Sheldon Cooper, but how dare they end it on a cliffhanger? Oh God! It, uh, I mean, it. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it for you because you really need to watch it. But um, it, it it ends on one of, and I don't mean. I'm going to say worst here, but I don't mean worst isn't bad. But it ends on one of the worst cliffhangers you could ever want in a television series like this. Uh. <laughs> um. All right, folks, what's uh, zero to five stars? What are you going to give Dallas season two, sir? I'm probably going to give it a four and a half, uh, mainly just because there were some things that seemed kind of drawn out. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are other things that I still, you know, after watching it and finding out some of the things, you know, some of the spoilers that we're not revealing, just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, it's a kick in the gut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's about really what, all I can say for it, for what I thought of it. I'm going to give it a four and a half as well. I I really loved all of the JR Master Plan stuff. Um, after a while, I got tired of Christopher's whiny ass about finding his mother and just some of the... Don't get me wrong, I like Jesse Metcalf as an actor. He's an awesome actor, but just the way that the Christopher Ewing character is, he just comes off as a whiny little bitch sometimes. And it, I think that was dragged out a little bit too much about finding the original Pamela Barnes. Um, yeah. I love how shocking it was when JR and Pam, the, you know, our current, uh, Ju- Ju- Julie Gonzalo's character, Pamela Barnes. I love it when they went and got married. I thought that was a unique and interesting twist. Um, where it, cause it, cause if you think about it, in the original series, it was Bobby who married Pam, and it was J.R. who was married to Sue Ellen. In this series, you have Christopher 
who had an off-again, on-again relationship with Elena, uh, and you have John Ross marrying the Pamela Barnes of the series. Yeah. So it's a whole, you know, reverse psychology kind of thing. Um, there were some things in here, some of the acting, a, l- a little bit of the acting, a little bit of the storyline writing stuff that I didn't particularly care for, but overall, the season was amazing. So four and a half for me as well. We are going to take a quick break, come back, and let you know what's coming up. We'll be back after this. Hey, GeekCast listeners. Do you ever listen to Punisher Body Count and think to yourself, this show would be awesome if it had less toilet humor and was not about the Punisher? If so, join me, Emily Williams, as I class up the Punisher guys on Dane and Jake at Classy. We're like the Oprah Book Club of comics. You'll hear us discuss famous works like The Dark Knight Returns and The Grove, along with graphic novels no one else is talking about, like Blue Monday and Blankets. You can find us at danajakeatclassy.wordpress.com or on iTunes. Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, geekcastradio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on geekcastradio.com. Alright folks, it is time to exit stage left. Alright, give me a couple of non-spoilery predictions of what you're hoping to happen in Season 3. Um, I'm kind of hoping to see how things are going to play out with Cliff Barnes. Uh, obviously, I know that he's still on the back burner. He's, you know, he, he's been accused of certain things, and and mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of a blow. The season finale as to, you know, weapons being distributed i shall i I should say (laughs) well that's the best way to put it uh yeah so i'm kind of wondering what'll happen there uh you know i'm kind of wondering what happened you know who elena was actually seeing down in mexico Mm -hmm. uh i mean i well i i've seen the very first episode of season three so i know who i know who it is we do find Mm -hmm. that out there so that's not but i mean it's it's gonna be one of those things that i'm wanting to know who it is how that's going to play into everything. Uh, and, you know, I kind of want to know how that, how the season is going to play out, really. I mean, how it's going to end simply because TNT screws everything over and says, no, we're not going to have a fourth, fourth season. You know, and I'm, I'm wondering how things are going to go with JR not being around anymore. So uh, I, I guess that's the best I can say for it. I'll say this. Bobby steps up a lot. Like, Bobby's whole character has pretty much shifted where he has to be both of them. He can't just be the classic Bobby Ewing we know, the good guy. He is still that. He is still Bobby Ewing, the good guy. But with his brother's death, he has learned a lot. And he has learned how to become a little bit more sneaky. He has, in season three, they really did give him a lot of the JR traits, not all of them. They don't allow Bobby to cross the lines that JR would normally cross, but Bobby does stuff in season three that he would never normally do if JR had still been alive. Um, when it comes to who Elena is seeing uh, in Mexico, we do, as you said, we do find that out in the, in the season three opener. 
<laughs> what you don't see in the season three opener is how that unfolds later and certain things that this person will do specifically to Elena. Ugh. And this ties into the whole series finale cliffhanger because it's it's basically poking holes through the D. That's all I can say about it because once you see it, your jaw's going to hit the floor. Your jaw's going to, you know, it's a good thing you don't live in a high rise because if you lived on the 25th floor of a high rise, your jaw would go to, go from floor 25 to the basement oh, <laughs> when you Jesus. see what, what happens with with uh, the person that Elena goes to see and how all that happens later. Um, all right. What have you got? What do we got coming up over on talking about my generation this week, sir? Uh, for this week, let's see. We just aired 70. We're working on failed franchises, February, uh, mm-hmm. where we're kind of talking about just things that probably should never have been made. Uh, you know, the Punky Brewster cartoon, for example, uh, we'll be covering GoBots, uh, the sequels for Revenge of the Nerds coming up. We got a lot of stuff coming up here for it, and I'm looking forward to it. So if you guys want to check it out, go take a look over at MyGenerationPodcast.com. Check us out. Tell us what you think. Awesome. Thank you for joining us here on Remote Control. There are several ways to get in contact with us, so leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, GeekCastRadio.com, where you can comment on this and all of our other episode posts. Email us, feedback at GeekCastRadio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes, please do this. We actually do have one review. Uh, it is from our buddy, Movie Revolt Dan, who is from our other show, Talking in Circles on the GeekCast Radio Network. He says, listen to this now. Five-star review left on January 23rd, 2015. Just recently got into this podcast and would recommend it for any TV fans. So thank you so much, Dan, for leaving us that review. Follow us on Twitter, at GeekCast Radio is the show. Twitter, mine is TFU and Mike, what is your Twitter? At Sprzout, S-P-R-Z-O-U-T. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcastradio network. You can also check out Talking About My Generation over there. Call the voicemail line. Tell us to show you the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. There's a five-minute time limit. We hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Remote Control. And we wish you will join us next time when we will be covering Dallas 2012 Season 3. For now, I am TFG on Mike with Doug Abel. Tune in next time when we'll all be fighting over the remote control. You have turned into Remote Control's latest episode. Listen in as the GCRN crew talks TV from 2000 to now. With pilot and season premiere episodes, finishing finales, and season passes as well. Now get ready to change the channel with your remote control as we bring you the latest and greatest in the world of television. All from the GeekCast Radio Network, we are all remote-controlled. Christopher won the damn race. And don't bother with a lecture, because there's nothing you could tell me that I haven't already told myself. But there is a play to be made with the woman at the DCT. We can fix this. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, don't you worry, son. I've got a plan. It's going to be my masterpiece. Because you shouldn't have to pay for my sins.
What do you mean? Just remember, I'm proud of you. You're my son. From tip to tail. Thank you, Daddy. That means a whole lot for me to hear you say that. JR? Hello? your child be ready for kindergarten? At Chesterbrook Academy Preschool, the answer is yes. Our curriculum offers the perfect balance of learning and play. Our teachers personalize that experience for each child through engaging activities that develop the skills they need to be ready for what comes next. Attend a Chesterbrook Academy open house on Saturday, March 21st from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. To find a preschool near you, click the banner or visit chesterbrookacademy.com. That's chesterbrookacademy.com. Celebrate the big 2020 with T-Mobile. Switch now and get two lines for just 90 bucks and two new iPhone 11s on us. So you can take a portrait built for two with the ultra-wide camera. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, cute. Hurry in to T-Mobile and get two lines for 90 bucks and two iPhone 11s on us with qualifying trade-ins. Via 24 credits for well-qualified buyers with auto pay, plus taxes and fees. If you cancel before receiving 24 credits, you may owe up to the full value of your device of $699.99. Contact us. Qualifying port-ins and finance agreements required.